0: New- Winter Cults and
1: culture. Hi, guys. Welcome to a new Winter Cults and Culture. And today we're going to be talking about it. Chapter one, the 2017 film. And here with me is Dan. Hi, Dan. Hey. How's it going? Yeah, good. How
3: are you? I'm pretty terrible, actually. But I'll rally <laughs> and. Uh... <laughs> I'm so bloody enthusiastic and excited about talking about it. It. uh, Well, yes.
1: Information technology, the film.
3: (laughs) When you're a kid, you think the universe revolves around you. You think that you'll always be
1: protected and cared for. Then, one day... You realize that's not true.
2: Because when you're alone as a kid, the monsters see you as weaker. You don't even know they're getting closer. Until it's too late.
1: So, uh, yeah, what do you remember um, from the... You watched the TV film, I take it, the 1990, I believe it was, uh, movie with Tim I Curry.
3: Did. I did. I haven't seen that lately. What What were your um, thoughts on that? I watched it, I re-watched it, sorry, recently, about, well, fairly recently for me, about five years ago. Um, and I <laughs> thought it was really good. I thought it held up really well. It's got a bit of that kind of like 90s look to it in the production, which is a bit naff. I mean, you can kind of see it's been made for TV. Yeah, um, But it's it's good. It's a good cast. Um, mm.
1: Adds to its charm a little bit, I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's fair to say. Um, obviously, the highlight is Tim Curry.
1: Yeah. He was uh, very supportive of um, uh, the new Pennywise um, actor. I forgot his name already. What is his Bill name? Sus- Bill Sus- 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 uh, yeah, the Swedish guy, um, and yeah. So coming up to this film, did you watch the trailers? What did you think? Were you excited for this when you heard it was being made?
3: I was sceptical, and um, because I often approach any kind of remake with scepticism. Um, but the trailers looked good, and I kind of well. I mean, I watched it because I downloaded it for free. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Can't say that. <laughs>
1: never know who's listening. Um,
3: um, it was better than I, you know, I didn't actually go in with any hopes whatsoever. I th- thought it was going to be quite bad, really.
1: Yeah. Well, I kind of remember uh, when I heard that they were going to do a new um, It, I thought, well, yeah, it's about time, really, isn't it? Like, it's been a while since they've approached that. And when I saw the trailer, I remember thinking, oh, fuck, this is actually going to be really good. It's really interesting. And I think Pennywise, at the look of the clown himself is much more akin to um, the book, I believe, and how he's described in there. And he looks like a kind of, um, like a painting almost, like a Renaissance era kind of costume. Um, And I just thought, man, Pennywise looks good. He looks scary. Like that's stuff that people are going to copy like they did like, you know, Joker um, with Heath Ledger back in the day. I can imagine a lot of people doing some cosplay of that. But it looked genuinely like there was some really... um, terrifying sights in it
3: yeah obviously the design and appearance of the clown was going to kind of predicate the film's success i think um but they got that right and definitely in the trailers i think that was part of the appeal and kind of what then made me think oh maybe this won't be so bad they haven't completely bodged pennywise
1: yeah exactly and that's quite key to this even though it, mm. i think i heard um because i read the book but i haven't read it since i was a, a little kid And I believe that um, Pennywise the Clown himself isn't actually in the book that much, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, as opposed to he's there like all the time. I feel like anyway in this film, but um, maybe not. So, yeah, so this was um, quite a huge success. It was the, I believe, the highest grossing R-rated horror film of all time. And I think it still, still is. I don't know if it's chapter two broke that, but it was, uh, yeah, a massive success. And,
3: um, yeah. Did you expect it to kind of be that successful? Absolutely not. Um, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it was, um, crazy how, how well it did. So for people that don't know, it is a Stephen King, a uh, book that was released, God in the 80s, I think. And um, it's basically about a bunch of kids who are up against this clown monster alien thing that feeds off fear and it's going around killing all these kids. And um, yeah, so the the new film is by uh, the director's Andy Muschietti. I think I might have have got that right. If you don't know, he's done um, films such as Mama and... He was the kind of protégé a little bit of uh, Del Toro, I think, who produced Mama. Um, and you can kind of see the similarities. Mama was... Have you seen Mama, Dan? Isn't that like... Um, that's that like ABBA film, right? <laughs> yeah, have you seen It's a bit scary, scary in another, another way. <laughs> Guillermo Del Toro <laughs> produced it. He's got his fingerprints all over it. You can see it on the screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs> Mel Mel Streep, (laughs) singing. (laughs) That's great. Um, Um, Is that the Australian film? uh, I don't think it's Australian. I think it was, uh, well, I think he's Spanish or Mexican. That's going to be racist. Spanish, I think. Spanish. And yeah, it's, um, it's basically about this dead mum who is, who their kids have like, been brought up in the woods by the ghost mother, something mm-hmm. weird like that, and they get found and um, taken on board by this family. And it's got, um, what's the name, who is in It Chapter 2, in the end, he plays Grown Up Beverly. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember her name now. It's terrible. Um, but, yeah, so he did that before, which was okay. Wasn't um, that, I met Jessica Chastain, that's her name. Wasn't, um, I don't think it was that good, to be honest. I don't think it was that great. So when I heard he was doing... Um, it, I was like, well, it could be, could be all right. And the actual, you could see the short that he did of Mama, um, which was, which he made like five years previous, which got him on Del Toro's thing. And, the, you know, it's only like two minutes, but that is better than the 90 minute feature film that came oh. after it. Um, so, yeah, he was brought on. I think um, uh, it was originally going to be Carrie uh, Fukunaga. I think is how you say it, who I always think of as true detective. And he worked... He worked on it for like five years or something. And then, um, yeah, Andy Muschietti came on board and that's the film that we see it today. Um, So I thought we can go through it kind of step by step and, uh, you know, kind of have a a reminisce on what happened and our thoughts uh, as as it went along. So... Yeah, as um everyone probably knows and what's famous in the trailers and from the first film is that it opens out on poor little Georgie <laughs> who um I mean, and the first the first shot here is that like there's a little smile on the window that disappears. And that's a kind of theme throughout the whole film, I feel like, is this loss of innocence. This kind of it's all a coming of age thing as these like kid dramas often are. Just and that kind of first shot <clears throat> With the you know, the smile on the window and all this stuff and then that going a little bit later is a metaphor, a symbol for the entire film. Um so I'd just like to throw that in
3: there. Right, right this... from right from the off, they're introducing <laughs> that. A film rich in metaphor. Mm. Visual metaphor. Yes. You'll see plenty more of them over the uh two and a half hours running time <laughs> of this movie. Yeah.
1: It is quite long. Uh so there's like this creepy piano stuff playing, music playing, and I thought it was quite funny because then like Georgie goes to the cellar um, and he's like all freaked out. You know, it's like that Home Alone thing. You keep expecting like <laughs> the grill or whatever in Home Alone to start <laughs> opening up, <and laughs> kind of Carlito to run back upstairs. Um, but yeah, he gets a little bit freaked out and uh, and yeah goes back upstairs, and his mum is sitting there playing the like creepy piano music. Which I was I oh, yeah. remember thinking, like, what's she doing? Like, why is she playing this like weirdly creepy thing? And then again, it kind of fits into the the whole thing of the adults in this entire film are creepy. Yeah. They are the threat. They're fucking weird. And so even from the off, when it's like, you know, he's walking around and the mum's playing this really scary, weird music, do you think, what the hell is she doing? that feeds into the thing of, like, adults are the other um, in this entire film, uh, which I thought was pretty cool, actually, which really kind of gave it this sense of unease because, you know, it's all about child endangerment a little bit, really. And when you've got the adults being weird who are supposed to be normal, then it's kind of adding to this constant threat throughout the film
3: almost. Um, Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's a... um popular device to use in kind of young adult fiction isn't it or or any of this kind of like movie telling of coming of age um you have either sort of like absent adult figures which forces the the kids to kind of step up um or, or you'll have adult figures that are either like you say kind of disturbing um or they're they're not able to act yeah and yeah. that's what we get here. Because we do see some adults who, you know, get later on we'll see his father. Um and he's just sort of disappointing. He's not he's not not bad and he's you know, he's there but doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's a little bit um gets a bit angry uh
1: with uh, Bill, I think his name is. Um and yeah, he's generally you know, he's quite annoyed. <laughs> It's not. It's not like a loving father who you know is okay with his son, um, and none of them are really. Um, so yeah, Georgie, who's wearing this like yellow jacket, again the yellow is all like bright and sunny, but like a colour wise, I mean, obviously like bright sunshine. Um, and yeah, he watches his boat uh, go down, <laughs> go down the stream, and you know what I found funny it was when he runs into the barrier. I don't yeah. Know. I remember thinking, it's really weird they've put that in. Like, you know, is it because, again, it's like this sense of like joy and like, oh, I'm having such a great time? And then, dunk like, reality almost smacking him, <laughs> smacking him in the face. And yeah. again, like another breaking down of like the childish joy that one gets
3: in, in life. It's not real. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought it was just because um, I thought this whole first scene was building really nicely. Mm. Um, you know with like going down into the basement and you're tense there's no payoff so when he comes back up you're already heightened anxiety and now he's out on the street you're <laughs> heightened anxiety and that's like a little kind of like oh you, you're expecting something awful to happen and it's like yeah. oh that's what's happened that's the only bad thing that's going to happen I can just relax again a bit now
4: yeah that's um, interesting
3: and then it makes the the next bit kind of even worse because you've you've now settled a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, that's a
1: good that's a good point actually. But yeah, this is where we first see Pennywise, who's in the in the sewer. And if you notice, apparently, like his eyes, um, they were going to like CG his eyes to like separate a little bit. But apparently, Bill Skarsgård can do it naturally.
3: No, yeah, apparently, which is really weird. Um, I just assumed that was CGI because one of them goes really like kind of bit boss yeah i mean it might have
1: I, I might have touched it up a little bit in you know done it more in post but apparently he can do that he can that actually looks horrible. do that. yeah it did look really fucking horrible and what's great is that if you look at it it's what makes it really unsettling um and what subconsciously is that he's like so if we're looking at him the left eye is looking at georgie obviously within the scene the right eye is looking at us so what makes it even more unsettling is that it actually looks like he's looking at us
4: yeah. whilst this whole
1: scene is playing playing out, which is really clever, clever tricks. Not only is it unsettling, because mm. his eyes are going two different ways, but it looks like he's watching us as we're watching the film. Does it's a really sense? nice
3: touch, yeah. Everything about this first scene, introduction of the Pennywise character, is spot on, in my opinion. Yeah, it's They're really nice really cool. nail it. He yeah. he really nails it. And he this kind of like puts to bed any doubt that you might have about, you know, Tim Curry, you know, big big shoes to fill. Um mm-hmm. but I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, straight from the off. And the fact that it's like
1: you know, he's all like being quite jolly and all like his voice is all like silly and like squeaky. Um and he's talking about the circus and you know, even though you know it's like there's a sewer thing, there's almost the fact that he's being nice. For so long that you think, oh, maybe it's, you know, if anything bad is going to happen, it would have happened already, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it doesn't end so well for Georgie. Literally,
3: oh, um, uh, go on to so say that the the pop pop pop, all of that uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, that really for me, I don't know what it is. Something like quite emotional about it, I suppose. You just have an emotional response to like a a noise, but it's really disturbing.
4: Mm.
3: Really, really disturbing. Um like more so than I'm thinking about like Tim Curry talking about they all float down here. Yeah. Um and it's ominous, but I don't know, there's something really evocative about everything about this like bit of dialogue from the clown. Yeah. Really horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. It's um it all kind of
1: culminates in him suddenly like going silent and just looking at him, which is then like, oh my God, that is so fucking horrible. Like, just staring at him, but looking like a bit, you know, like creepy, if yeah. you know what I mean, a bit pervy almost. Mm. Um, and then his eyes go yellow and he just turns into this like, his monster mouth basically comes out. And that shot where he's like, you know, it looks like his face is bulging as he's, as his multi teethed mouth comes out and bites the arm off Georgie. And then poor old Georgie's like, ah! Like with one arm fucking missing and then just gets dragged into the sewer. Um, and that's how the film opens. Horrible. <laughs> it's really fucking horrible. And it's, re- it's out and out, but f- f- going like, there's going to be blood, there's going to be gore, it's going to be fucking
3: disgusting. <laughs> straight <laughs> straight out, straight out the gate. I um, did have an issue with this um, <laughs> on reflection. Because I never like... This, you kind of when you see, you know, kids, um, like, in pain. Mm. I mean, this is so graphic. And again, thinking about the old uh, TV version, I don't think you, I mean, I think it just gets dragged into the, the sewer. Yeah. But you don't see all, all this. It's really over the top. Um, it always sets me a little bit against the director, because in my opinion, it's like uh, it's like a cheap shortcut to getting you invested because, you know, if you kill a kid or an animal, that's always going to upset the viewer. Mm. Um, Rather than, you know, the thing to do is build up characters that you're invested in so that you are then um, scared for their, you know, their futures and and their plight. You're you're always going to get something out of the audience if you, like, kill a kid. And here we see Georgie in like screaming in fear and pain. Um, Obviously, yeah. So I feel like we're being manipulated in quite a cheap way here. Uh, I I thought it was excessive.
1: I thought it was kind of serving the story as a whole because Georgie represents childhood, literally. So it's kind of like, it's basically from like what I was saying before as well, saying, that, you know, this is about the loss of childhood completely because Georgie is the younger... There's no-one younger there, I believe, than Georgie in the whole film and he is fucking brutally murdered. So it's kind of, for me, I was thinking, right, okay, A, it's symbolic of the the film overall because it's like going, you know, the end of childhood your life as you know it as a child is over. You can't just go fucking skipping down the road with the little boats. (laughs) Like that's it in terms of like a, a, a symbolism side of it. But secondly, it's also setting up the fact that we're now about to stay with kids throughout the film. All right, a little bit older, but still kids. And we know now that there is a very real, very gory threat so it's kind of setting up the fact of like, it's not like, ooh, maybe, or could they get out of it? It's like, there is a fucking monster uh, killing kids in a gory way possible, and this is what you're going to have to be taking on throughout the rest of the film. So it's keeping that in the back of your mind, being like, there is a real threat to the kids from here on out that you're aware of. And I know what you're saying, it feels like a cheap shot to be like, ooh, I just killed a kid. But I do think there's some merit in having it um, open the film
3: it <laughs> cuz that's what you get at this point i th- i believe yeah we s- we see the word finally it that's what it is
1: <laughs> i love that it does get a bit funny later on how they when they're like saying it um that we have to go get it it and it's just like yeah okay but then also you kind of know he's called pennywise as well but fine um yeah. So that kind of that opening bit, if you, you, know, if you haven't got the stomach for that, you're probably gonna wanna <laughs> leave. <laughs> turn it turn it off by that point. So then we go to this bit where Mike is killing um, is it like goats or sheep or something? Sheep. Sheep. And yeah, he can't kill this animal. Um, he can't do it, can't go through with it. And the old guy's like, Oh, it's a dog eat dog world out there, you know. You're gonna be the lamb to the slaughter if you don't wisen up or whatever he's like, I can't do it. I can't. I'm not like my father or whatever. Like, get out of here, kid, or whatever. Um, and I was thinking, okay, like, I, I don't think it's quite, I think it's a bit much trying to get this kid to kill a sheep or blasting him in the head with this, like, air gun thing. And I know it kind of comes into play later on as, like, the weapon. Um, but, yeah, I was sitting there thinking, oh, can't you, leave off him.
3: Jeez. yeah. I mean as a vegan, that was my <laughs> kind of reading as well. <laughs> um But I mean like make- you fucking do it, old man. Like, How yeah. are you
1: getting a kid to do it? So, <laughs> like, again, it's like these fucking adults. To be honest, he's he's the adult that's probably the least weird. He feels a bit more normal.
3: Um Yeah, that's true. Um we're just basically setting up this character's like uh, story arc aren't we yeah ultimately his i mean his um development's pretty straightforward linear arc really and it's all about as you see he's gonna have to man up toughen up
1: yeah it's about the kind of bravery and and all that and is probably the darkest backstory of all of them i would imagine which but which we'll kind of get on to um But then we hit this school and then I like this bit because it feels like, you know, the opening um, shot of the school in Dolly Darko or something with Tears for Fears or, you know, it's very strange of things because we're in the 80s. Um, And, uh, yeah, and I kind of like that whole, like, it tries to do, like, it's an 80s high school. Remember that you saw on, like, TV and the films at that time? And, you know, you got the nerds and, you know, the loser club and all this stuff and you got the jokes and the bullies and all this and it's feels like familiar territory for people. It's almost like a kind of safety to it. Um, which is quite cool. Uh, and then, yeah, you've got, um, Beverly, uh, who is the girl and she's smoking in the toilets and she gets trash poured on her by this bully girl. Um, but yeah, like around this whole, like, Hey, we're just kids going to school. You see like signs saying like curfew, 7 PM. Um, and like the police are there with one of the mums and the missing kid so there's all again there's this like periphery danger this periphery uh, threat that's constantly like around that's just making you aware um yeah what did you think of this whole like set up this 80s cool thing
3: i loved it um it was something i thought yeah stylistically it's a big difference to the tv version because i think that was set in the 60s yeah like the book uh, was yeah so updating it to the 80s i mean it's an obvious move because obviously the demographic of the audience that they're going to be trying to appeal to are you know guys that let's see yeah about our age probably Us. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so nice nostalgic hits setting it in the 80s and obviously you know just very you know popular at the moment so <laughs> bankable thing as well obviously echoes of like stranger things um, like you said, I've forgotten about that Donny Darko element as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like all that cosy eighties nostalgia, and, and like you said, it works to um, set up a, a cosy feeling that they can then undermine. Exactly. Yeah, and
1: it's very on trend in the moment as well. Yeah. Um, so then we see uh, the, um, this little fat kid called Ben, and Beverly is really nice to him, and obviously like he fancies her. Now, when I was watching this first time, I was like, she looks like eighteen and he looks about ten. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, she looks so much older than him. And they might be the they might be the same age in real life, I don't know. But I remember looking at it going, Of course he fancies her, but he will never have a shot with her. And it's not just because he's fat, it's because he's like <laughs> he is like a tiny boy. And she not that she looks like a woman, I'm gonna get into very murky water here. But um <laughs> she looks older than him, is what I'm trying to say. And it just was like, this is weird, but um, yeah.
3: Um, yeah, yeah it, it's great though. He's really instantly likeable. There's something plucky about him. He's not just a, a loser. Yeah. He, He's he, quite funny. Even in as that well. first scene, he conveys, you know, some kind of like resilience. Mm. He's got a good, um, it's the actor kid, Jeremy Ray Taylor,
1: um, is, I think it's his name is really. Uh, he really plays the part really well. And it's really brave, especially when he puts his, like, he's only in a pair of pants later. <laughs> it's, yeah. just this, like, it's just this fat kid. Um, yeah, I was like, wow, hats off to him.
3: Clothes off. No, don't say that. That's weird. Um, <laughs> hats off to all the kids who take their clothes off for a while. <laughs> You like to get into, like, on white, film
1: white little undies on film. Um, <laughs> <ugh>. So <laughs> Bill goes back. And uh, sees his dad and it's like, you know, he's, he's trying to, like, he's looking at like the sewer maps or whatever and all this stuff. And Georgie's, uh, Georgie and Bill's dad's like, oh, he's dead. That's it, he's gone. Forget about him, whatever. And um, Bill's like, okay. And yeah, so already it's like the adults are just like dicks, basically. And you also see, I should say, that the bully, at this, the, there's the bullies at the school as well who were like, it's lucky, you know, you got a free pass because your little kid brother died, but that's it, next year we're going to come back and kick your ass, or whatever. So there's this classic kind of high school uh, mentality. It's
3: good stuff, isn't it? It reminds me of Stand By Me.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Also by Stephen King.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, Just like his dad here as well, it's like, not just being a dick, but kind of like reverting to like normal adult behavior. Yeah. Um, whereas obviously like Bill doesn't want to, he's still, you know, he still believes that he can find and save Georgie. Mm-hmm. I think it was And so- that's kind of like his, that's his dr- driver for the whole film. And like his, I think his kind of um, like arc is probably like the main thrust of the story here. Yeah. So setting that up here at this at this point is like really obviously quite important and pivotal because every all the kids have got a you know, reason for wanting to tackle uh, it, um, but his is probably the one that's got the most like emotional depth or the one that's most developed. Yeah, true, and that kind of plays out. Um, I won't talk about it too much, but in it chapter
1: two as well, that you know that continues and it does become as you said like the catalyst really, like Georgie, just trying to find Georgie. And, um, the fact that, you know, he was at the beginning of the film, he's basically like, Oh, I'm sick. I can't come out and play with you. So he feels like guilty. The fact that Georgie went missing when he could have like gone out and play with him. So it's him kind of dealing with that and trying to, um, you know, trying to live with himself for it to a degree. Um, And yeah, but there's also like, looking back, when I watched it like second and third time, whatever, um, I was looking out for, and also in the second film, I was looking out for this as well, but almost as if like, is there some kind of conspiracy within the adults that they, you know what I mean? They're just aware of this problem and don't do anything about it. And that's never really answered. But scenes like this, where the dad's like, you know, just leave it, he's dead, he's gone, whatever. I remember like looking back at it thinking, Is it because he knows something? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's something they just have to live with that their kids go missing every now and then.
3: Yeah, that's really interesting because obviously as this story then develops and we get a bit more, um, some more facts, you do start to wonder, like, if this is something that's going on, you know, with a degree of frequency (laughs) and regularity, people must be aware. But that's never divulged. No, Um, never go into it. But certainly like the parents are at least totally ineffectual. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah.
1: Stupid adults. <laughs> 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 so um yeah, so Mike uh is kind of just minding his own business or whatever. And he gets like a vision of these people burning inside going, help me, help me, whatever. It's like <laughs> and um Then, yeah, and then he sees uh, Pennywise in the background and there's all these, like, hanging meats back there. I think they're supposed to be bodies, maybe. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? That's really freaky. And then basically the bullies, like, almost run him over, like, get out of my country or something like that, Um, something racist. And he's like, oh, oh, my God. Um, So, and this is kind of like what happens throughout this first bit of the film, is that each of them have their own, like, personal thing that they're dealing with their own personal horror um and you know relationship with the it monster and that's his um and you you find out i don't if, i can't remember when you find out but basically that his parents um were trapped in this fire and he was too scared to open the door to help them so they just died because he didn't open the door so they just burnt alive screaming at him to help him that's what i mean it's like the darkest backstory out of all of them
3: Um. yeah this one that scene it was really well done it's really horrifying when you see those those hands coming through Mm. the door and this is like you said this is the first time that he sees um well Pennywise it's like a silhouette of Pennywise isn't it yeah it's like quite far in the distance yeah it's good I think that this early in the film they just crack on and start you know driving this forward yeah establishing already yeah. Then there's this pattern then of, of each kid having their own separate experience, uh, dependent on their particular fear or anxiety. And mm. um, these, like, um, these bullies.
4: Mm.
3: Like, this is where you really establish. Like, these aren't just your normal kind of high school bullies. They're not just going to uh, push you over and steal your lunch money. And this yeah. is an attempted murder.
1: Yeah. Like all they over a kid, homicide. Exactly. Like, like they wanted to run him over. Um, yeah. Uh, there doesn't is that added like you know fucking hell that's a bit much um, yeah to it uh but yeah you're right it does kind of again establish that that threat um a little bit more it's also
3: these are seriously dangerous kids
1: yeah but you're right in terms of like and i think this is what the one of the things i really liked about this film is that the the horror element and the scare factor never lets up So, like, I like a lot of slow burners where it's, like, things are hinted at and then it all kind of goes mental in the last, like, ten minutes of a movie or something. But I felt like with this I was thoroughly entertained throughout just because there was all these, like, it was never scared itself of putting in, like, something scary and something that would be, like, one of the best bits of a horror movie and peppering them throughout the entire thing, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, um, for a film with a long running time, it really did not feel that long at all. It didn't outstay its welcome, mm-hmm. really good pace all the way throughout.
1: Yeah. I have to say, this was probably my film of the year of 2017 as well. Um, just throwing that in there now, because it, I remember at the time thinking, as you said, it's, it's just got the perfect pace, great scares, really imaginative, Um and, yeah, just these little little fucking vignettes like this, like these little, little scenes um, that are just, you know, done to perfection, really, really well thought out and constructed and shot. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so, sorry, let me go to the uh, we're, um, this uh, kid training for his bar mitzvah. Uh, what's his name again? Um, is it? Mm. It's, it's not Eddie. It's... Um, Uh, ezekiel stanley Stanley ezekiel (laughs) no it's not ezekiel um Stanley. stanley man and yeah there's this weird painting in the background um and yeah he's like really freaked out by it uh and do you remember do you remember that it's like i think she plays like a flute or something or maybe i just made that up But that painting is fucking horrible and it is amazing at the same time. It's a bit like Francis Bacon almost. Um,
3: Yeah. This is strange. I I didn't quite get this and even at the end of the film I was still thinking about this Um, because all the other kids, their fears are logical. And this one, I mean, you're kind of set up, the character's got an issue with the father, so the father's obviously very overbearing Yeah, Um, and seems to be some kind of like, like a rabbi or something. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'd think, given that his fear would be directly linked um, with that, and and, you know he's having this bar mitzvah, but instead his fear is just like there's a scary painting. It's a bit tokenistic.
1: Yeah, I think there's two things. So it's like the one thing, like when you're a kid, there's always something that kind of scares you for no reason, if you know what I mean. Yeah. If it is like a weird painting or, you know, an object or something, that's one thing. But what I thought it represented was the fact that he goes in there um, to train for his bar mitzvah. It's in his dad's office. Uh-huh. So he he relates that to his father, one, and because it's in the synagogue or whatever and training it's training to be a Jew. What am I talking about? You know what I mean? Practicing for his, <laughs> like, his, like military service or something like that. Um. What training? What's your training background? Jew. <laughs> I spent 15 years as a Jew. Uh. <laughs> special forces. Um. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Anyway, I think it's the fact that he's, it's a representation of that. If you know what I mean? Uh, right, his dad, his dad's office of being, uh, of being Jewish, of yeah. having to like train for all this, stuff, <laughs> this train, <laughs> practice for all this stuff, learning the, um, you know, True stuff. the book, learning about being Jewish. It's all happening. It's all happening there. And that's the photo that kind of looks a part of. So that's what I think in terms of why that is his chosen thing. Um, that makes sense. So but like, right, what's thank the alternative? you for explaining that. Like a scary, <laughs> scary <laughs> a, a scary orthodox Jew <laughs> coming at him. Well that would do you know. What's uh, the, that's what, what I that's what do? I would have
3: liked. Um, I think that would have been more more satisfying um, <laughs> and more related to the character. I mean what you what you're saying makes sense to me now. Um, but yeah, it didn't quite it didn't quite land with me. Whereas <laughs> like a really like a really proper old a like hmm. proper old orthodox Jew like with the hat and the curly hair.
1: Yeah. Um that be, could be quite scary. intimidating. Scary. Just to set what I love is that he doesn't even look any different. It's just he's just like a normal <laughs> orthodox Jew. <laughs> he's just inciting this kind of fear in this Maybe kid. with
3: like a, a scythe or something or um scythe. or a sickle, Tradle um yeah
1: well apparently the woman was an actual in the uh originally it was a woman like i think a woman actually played the part and then they just kept adding more and more cg to it and were just like you know let's just make it the painting (laughs) so i think there's an actual actress underneath (laughs) underneath all that who that didn't actually get her time of uh time of day
3: Uh, um never mind so so probably looking forward to seeing herself on the uh debut probably turned up on the red carpet yeah, like a husband, a kids. Yeah, that's me. Oh, and wait. they're like, "There's mummy." <laughs> that thing with the weird, like, banana-shaped
1: head. But <laughs> well, then we go into yeah, is it Eddie, who's the um, guy who's always the kid that's always sick? Uh, and I find I love the fact that his mum is this like creepy, sweaty, fat woman um and again it just emphasizes the fact that the adults are just fucking weird and his mum has like it's almost as if he has she has this like weird sexual attraction to him or something like that because she's all like you know when oh god just later on when she asks for a kiss and all this stuff it's all and she wants like to have him and to like you know overbearing mother or something like that there's
3: something just really fucking horrible and weird about it um the tone of the scene supports I think it's, that. Yes, yeah. and that's you know to the credit of the direction, I suppose, is that he makes all of that dialogue very awkward. Um, but then I like that he's going got that that Richie character there and brings some levity to proceedings. Yeah, true. Otherwise, it would, it might be just too weird. Because yeah, she's in the she's in the
1: shadow. She's literally in the dark, which is fucking weird as well. And. um yeah and it's here actually yeah where she asks for a kiss and you're just like oh it's just something really fucking uncomfortable about the whole thing um yeah it's a really great scene
3: uh, and then richie makes a quip i can't remember what it is though or can I, like I have that. one too or something like that yeah. <laughs> i'll come over and give you one <laughs> something like that <laughs> i'll
1: come over and give you one it's not that
3: <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'll come over and give you one. <laughs> it's like, that wonderful, dude. That's wonderful, my mom. <laughs> it's a wonderful wordplay that's uh, at the core of it. You know, even the title It, uh, is a reference, potentially to a uh, a member. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a real monster with teeth. Um,
1: that's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have a discussion. Sexual double entendre at the heart of it. I'm sure you'd get, you could actually do an entire episode on that. I'm <laughs> pretty sure. Um, so yeah, let me see the little fat kid, Ben is in the library and um, he's looking at uh, pics, looking at pictures. And it's quite cool this bit because this is the first time I was like, man, this is great because in the background, the librarian who's all blurred out is just staring at him and s- with this horrible smile and yeah. she's not in focus. And you like a lot of people I spoke to just missed it completely. And I was like, that is one of the most disturbing things of this entire film. Just that shot. It's not, she's not in focus. It's just fucking
3: weird. Um, yeah. There's a kind of history, I think, of scary librarians in horror films. Um, specifically, I remember from Ghostbusters, an early scene. And I always used to have trouble even watching that. And oh. I actually, had some flashbacks to that scene when I was watching this one now because in a few moments' time, Ben goes down into the kind of like library vaults, if you will, Mm -hmm. yeah, and has an experience with Pennywise, Mm -hmm. which is scary, but the real kind of horror is when he turns around and that librarian's just coming down the stairs. You get that (laughs) kind of jump scare. But I actually got like a cold chill. I was like, ah, it's that fucking librarian from Ghostbusters. Yeah.
1: Well, she was the saviour, if you remember, because it was actually the little boy or whatever carrying the fucking Easter eggs or something. And then, yeah, the weird librarian is at the other end saving him. Um, Yeah, it was weird That Have you seen, going off on a tangent, um, have you seen what Dan Aykroyd is up to recently? No. You should, uh, so I'd heard he'd gone a bit weird, but recently I listened to the Joe Rogan uh, podcast, Mm -hmm. shout out. Um, I don't really listen to him that much, but I listened to his episode on Dan Aykroyd, with Dan Aykroyd, I should say. It's about two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is worth it because he is fucking mental.
3: <laughs> what happened to him?
1: He believes that he, um, firstly, he believes that UFOs and aliens are real, okay. that he's seen a bunch of UFO stuff. Um, there are moments where he's constantly sniffing as well throughout this. And I feel like, you know, the drugs <laughs> have really fucked him up. Um and he believes in everything basically. And he's got this new vodka out that's in like a crystal skull because he believes that crystal skulls were, you know, an alien thing, oh even though it's been disproven. But you know, when, you know, when these conspiracy theorists and these, um, you know, these strange people, let's say believers in the weird and wonderful, uh, they talk as they talk with facts. So they're like, this has been proven. This has been proven because you as a normal, uh human being who's got other things to do you're not going to have facts to disprove it at your hand like they have these facts to prove it yeah and but also like what he says i was looking up afterwards it's just fucking bollocks <laughs> it's just completely not true um and yeah but it's like yeah it's really uh it's if you want to see how a mighty man has fallen it's that
3: well it it's not a like mighty man but <laughs> It sounds like it's a prime place to write another Ghostbusters film because I think that could well, be it's, it's all kinds of wacky
1: fun. Yeah, well, they just finished producing. They just finished the production, I should say, I should say of, the, of the new Ghostbusters, which is going to have them all in, apparently. No. Once, once they're alive, yeah. Really? Yeah. there's. What's funny is that on the original, I think it's the original Ghostbusters film, or maybe Ghostbusters 2 film, they're doing a little press tour, and there's a bit with Dan Aykroyd going like, yeah, well, the thing is, like, when I took my kids to see Ghostbusters, they were like... Is it real? And I had to be honest with them. I sat there and I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the ghosts are real. This, these things could happen." Wow! <laughs> and I remember watching it. Think this was ages ago, before about and, and about before I listened to the Jerry thing. I remember thinking, "Is that a joke? Not a joke." He completely believes it's real. And that's funny enough. That's why Ghostbusters happened, was because he used to have like these uh, what they called the séances or whatever when he was a kid with his family. These mediums Whoa. used to come round. That's how Ghostbusters got made in the first place, was because he believes in ghosts. So, you know, quite a blessing or a curse or whatever. Um, but it gave us one of the funniest, uh, you know,
3: movies of all time, some
1: say, hmm. and I say.
3: So I'm inferring from that that the director of It believes in demonic clowns. <laughs> yes. Has he gone on record? <laughs> Not on
1: record, no. Who are actually just big spiders? Um, spoiler. Um, so yeah, I should say that. Yeah, so he, the the Ben has his little run in at the bottom, um, and he hears about reading about these kids died in an explosion. I can't remember really what what it's about, but something happened years ago. <laughs> basically, basically, and it's creepy. Something bad happened, and it was creepy. Yeah, um, yeah, it's that that headless kid. Oh, and. Yeah. It reminded me of a little bit of um, uh, Evil Dead, if you remember. Like, the first first one, Evil Dead, mm. um, when it's his... Maybe it was Evil Dead 2, whichever one, where it's his wife, the girlfriend he gets there with originally, and she's, like, dancing in the moonlight. Do you remember that? Without her head, um, and she's kind of throwing her head about. It's all, like, stop motion. Do you remember?
3: No, I don't. I can't remember that. It's quite...
1: Yeah, it's uh, it sticks in my head. But just the way that he was moving and all that stuff, it kind of reminded me of that. Not that I'm saying it's an uh, influence, but um, yeah, I thought it was quite cool. Um, so, yeah, so what happens next is this, this, uh, this is a bit – this scene kind of um, haunted me <laughs> a little bit just because it's like the realness of it. Uh, the bullies kind of um, find him or whatever, and uh threaten to like you know beat him up and they start punching him and all this stuff and you see like the old couple come by in the car and yeah. um and they just don't do anything to help again adults are weird and unhelpful yeah. and just fucking strange and also there's like a little red balloon at the back of that car
3: yeah
1: and i was thinking i don't know what to think of that i was like are they is he saying that like that it monster is you know with the adults you know what i mean i wasn't really sure why that balloon was there is it i don't really know do you have an answer
3: (laughs) my uh, my reading of that was again thinking back at the end of the film because i wanted to question you know what was that all about i think it was just something that you're not meant to take too literally um it just continues to escalate that sort of uneasy sense that adults aren't in control here. They're the, the, the ineffectual, they turn a blind eye. The balloon, again, I think it just starts to just unsettle you, really, and raise more questions and doubt. I don't think it really...
0: It's to do other it, thing, anything
3: yeah. other than kind of like start messing with your head. Yeah, I wondered if it was because, if you remember, like later on the bully kind of
1: gets more and more you know, his mind gets kind of taken over by Pennywise oh, yeah. and it's at this point where it kind of escalates his bullying, where it goes from like, he's getting mm-hmm. really into it. It becomes like almost like a sexual thing as well. And then he starts carving his name on the kid's um mm-hmm. stomach. And I was thinking, is that, and that even the other buddies like, whoa, you know, hold on. And I was thinking, is that because the balloon is suggesting that Pennywise is there and starting to have some kind of influence over him? Yeah, don't know. But yeah, as you said, on a it kind of does raise the like thing of like, oh fuck, something's, something's happening, something's gonna happen. Fucking balloons there. Um, this was a harrowing scene. Yeah, it was really like, Jesus, like horrible. It really kind of took you out of that. Hey, remember when everything was
3: really great at that high school just like 10 minutes ago? <laughs> yeah. And this is like um, an escalation from the trying to run that kid over. Now you, you can really, and you see the fear in the other guy's eyes as well. Mm. Like he's getting out of control.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, exactly. And this is a real, again, though, it's kind of like Stand By Me. Um, you really now start rooting for, for Ben and you really want to see some justice done. These guys get their justice hurts. Yeah. Um, which pays t- off. It's certainly uncalled for. <laughs> it pays yeah, off, it quite, pay off quite soon.
1: Yeah, you're right. So they, he, they lose the knife or whatever. And then, you know, the bully's like, oh, my dad's going to kill me. So he gets, um, Ben kind of jumps over and runs away and the rest of the kids, um, start, you know, the rest of the bullies start, um, going to look for him. And then we cut to our loser club who are looking into the sewer. And it's quite nice here because then you start getting a bit more of that interaction with each other. They all have their own character traits and all this stuff. And it's kind of setting, you know, setting the, um, uh, their relationships with each mm, other up yeah. a lot here, just in this little scene. You anyway, know, they find a shoe which belongs to one of the missing kids and um, I quite like the joke here where, which Richie makes of like, how do you think Kate feels or something hopping around in this <laughs> sewer? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> like really like dark, but yeah, like Richie just adds this like levity to it. Um, apparently, some of the bickering was improvised as well. The, oh, really? she has with the others, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Which is quite cool.
3: They're a great cast, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they're really good. Really good. The Eddie kid I saw recently in uh, Shazam as well, which is not the best movie, but um, he is really good in it. Mm. So I think, yeah, um, they're going to go a long way. Uh, and Richie, obviously, just is um, you know the Stranger Things kid. It's mm. kind of everywhere now as well. Uh, he's in, um, recently, they're the re-releasing Adam's Family as an animation. Did you see this as a cartoon?
3: No, although it's funny okay. you say that because I wondered if um, this film, actually, when I first saw it being made, if it was actually the um, long-awaited reboot of the Adam's Family franchise and we were finally, at long last, going to get Cousin It in his own standalone movie. <laughs> um <laughs> But then I thought, oh, that's just remaking the Stephen King thing. Um, <laughs> well, I can imagine a lot of cinema now. goers turned up to see this and were disappointed, expecting <laughs> to see Cousin It in all his hairy glory. <laughs> just a wig. A wig with feet is basically cousin it. And they could have um, like thrown those people a bone, um, maybe had Cousin It do a short cameo here. Yeah. Um but which they didn't choose to do, which is I mean, it's a bit selfish, really. Because um, voice. Got, so good. We've got a whole portion there of your audience that are going to leave the cinema just feeling disappointed.
1: Yeah, going.
3: What do you do? You give that any thumbs up? And <laughs> I'm just going to go. Well, I mean, the clown was nice, but it's not the same, is it? Yeah. Not, is it? But that's that's. I'm happy to hear that there is a new Adam's family movie coming so those people are going to finally you know get some justice well it looks
1: terrible oh. <laughs> and the kid is um richie uh actor is going to be playing the um who is the, the son I'm trying to look for it now as we're talking Puxley. Puxley Bear. pugsley that's right Puxley. Puxley Bear. yeah yeah finn wolfard is the guy's name he's going to be playing pussy bear but guess who's doing the voice for it in
3: Adam's Family Bill anyway. Skask- Skaskar imagine, imagine.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the voice he great. doesn't talk he meets isn't he well is he Oh, does he kind of
1: go <laughs> well I haven't I don't think it was, I saw the trailer I don't think he speaks in the trailer but I know whose voice it is and I'm, I just confirmed it in front of me Dan Aykroyd no that would be so good though no Snoop Dogg Wow, interesting! Interesting, interesting interesting turn for that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sorry. So anyway, (laughs) coming from where? So oh yeah. So the fat kid comes along, and um, they go and help him out. And uh, one of the bullies um, goes into the sewer, and uh, basically, there's a cool scene where he gets killed by Pennywise. Yeah.
3: So it's really good
1: feeling. Him. Yeah, seeing someone evil be killed it's yeah. always always makes you feel warm inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at this point, they go to like the pharmacy to stitch the kid up. And if you notice, there's actually like in the wall in the background, there's actually a little Pennywise picture um, looking oh. at them. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't notice it until afterwards. Someone said, and um, yeah, if you look to the right hand side of the frame. Um, you know, of the wall. Yeah. It's a little Pennywise clown watching them. Huh. Little drawing. Um, so yeah, it's quite, it's quite funny when they're going to the actual pharmacy store, there's Beverly looking at, um, you know, some, some tampons basically. And, uh, again, it's her, her coming of age story as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, and this is quite, there's some like visual gags here, which is quite funny. Like, you know, the way she walks to the aisle and sees them and then puts the tampons behind her. <laughs> um, Little things like that. It just makes it a little bit kind of brings it back to that whole like they're just kids kind of thing.
3: Um Yeah, all these little things work though, I think, to build up um the audience's relationship with these characters.
1: Yeah. It's
3: done really nicely. Yeah. You're really warm to them. Yeah. And then we have
1: this um scene where uh she basically flirts with this weird, horrible pharmacist who's the bully girl's dad, basically. <laughs> And she and he's like, oh, you look just like Lewis Lane. And um, it's really creepy, it's really horrible, and again, it's kind of setting up that adults are the threat, you know, the fact that he's basically being a fucking pedo. Um, yeah. And well, that they're creepy and they're weird and that just adults in this entire film are just, like, not to be trusted whatsoever.
3: Yeah, the fact that they then go out into the alleyway and are patching him up, you know, he's got a pretty nasty wound... And um, logically you kind of go, oh, get into a hospital, um, but they don't. And I think this is like another turning point where it's like in the absence of any um, responsible adults, they're becoming resourceful. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's um, it's
1: also uh, what I like about, you know, when they're trying to patch him up and all this stuff is that they're talking over one another. And I saw a thing recently saying how like um, good Movies with kids in basically do that. Like the Goonies did it all the time, where like they're constantly just talking over the top of one another. It's just this like, you know, noise because that's what kids do, right? They're friends. You're not waiting for the other person to speak. Um, And they do it a bit here when they like argue and all this. It just makes it feel a bit more um, natural. I can see Um, how that
3: works in a movie. Um, Probably not a good idea for a podcast. No, no, people. People um you know, seem to do it.
1: I always think and maybe it's a British thing, because some of the American podcasts I listen to, people just butt in before someone said something, and then they'll just butt in back and there's a bit of to and from. So to and fro. And that's all I'm thinking when I'm listening to it, going, Oh, they never let them finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let them finish the point. But then like no one seems to care or they return back to it later. Um so I don't know, it's weird. Uh so maybe it does work really well for a podcast. It's this constant nattering. <laughs> <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's a nightmare to edit, but that's it. Um, so Beverly comes back and there's this weird, creepy show on TV. Again, all the kind of, any kind of um, anything, like culture-ness uh, um, in terms of like the TV and like the little events that they have there and stuff like that, the advertisements, are all like just a bit weird um, the dad here is obviously really creepy, and there's the whole uh, subtext of the fact that um, her dad is molesting her. Um, it's just her and him, and again, adults being the threat here. And she hates him so much that she doesn't want to appear attractive. Well, this is what I gathered from it anyway. Um, she doesn't want to look too girly. She doesn't want to basically get him going, so she cuts off all her hair, so she is you know less feels less attractive to her dad basically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Yeah. it's almost as if Pennywise kind of comes in almost as if each time when there's like a a fear of the, of an adult, I don't know, I'm just making that up a Mm. little bit, but, um, uh, yeah, but
3: But from a, from a less practical perspective as well, I think it's just like taking back control and that's the one thing she can exert control over and she she chooses to chop off her hair. Yeah.
1: And now we have this nice little sequence where they jump into the lake, basically. Beverly jumps in first, kind of showing that she's this very, you know, she's not just some little rose or something. She's like, you know, I can do this. You boys are just stupid. Um, She jumps in and you've got some, like, music playing and it's just they're nice, they're being kids, but there's also that element where, like, they're all, like, staring at her. She's just in her underwear, which is a bit weird because they're kind of... The movie's kind of sexualizing her a little bit, but then I guess it's supposed to be from the perspective of the kids yeah. that have never seen a girl like that before. Um and it's quite funny, but I was a bit like it's a bit awkward, but um I kind of understand the context of what it is, what's going on, basically. Um and they're just it's just this weird that whole scene is just this like nice moment where they're allowed to just be kids for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Um, and then they talk about a bit about Ben goes on to like the fires in the factory or whatever. And how Derry has like six times the national average of people dying or disappearing. And they're like, yeah, it's really weird. And he's like, yeah, I'll show you more. Come back to my place. And there's this nice little um, running gag about the fact that he likes new kids on the block and all this stuff. This is great. Um, and that she's like keeping the secret. And it's nice. Cause it's that you feel like you're in on it too. Um, as the audience member and uh, that they've got this little, you know, thing that's theirs almost. Um, and obviously he really fancies her and there's that, there's a trust there. And yeah. And he's like the new kid as well. He's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, when you get there, you see how much research he's actually, he's actually done and there's, and just Pennywise is just everywhere in all these pictures. Um Yeah. And they find out that basically there's this old house where there's, like, a well or something um, where they think it could be. Um, or I can't remember. There's this old house where stuff happened, but I don't think they've worked out that the sewers go back there yet or anything. Yeah. Um. So it's, you know, kids kind of, like, coming together to solve the crime, Scooby-Doo style. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we see the uh, sick kid, Eddie, going past said house and that diseased old man who's like full of pus and all this stuff. Um, and he's got like a screwed up, screwed up face, uh, kinda of chases him and then he sees Pennywise out the back and there's this cool scene with the you know, the bubbles bursting and whatever. Um and that was quite a nice little scene. I quite liked the fact that it's like again, his fear is of disease, basically. And then it's just like this walking diseased
3: thing. Um, yeah. comes was- up to him. I mean, it's pretty literal, isn't it?
2: And
3: just kind of like...
0: Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. But
3: an excuse, really, just to do a really cool, horrible, weird zombie thing. Yeah, I wish it could have been more
1: practical if he the zombie thing felt very cg yeah um and i mean a lot of this feels very cg but um him in particular i was like oh, it would have been better if it just felt more
3: physical more
1: real um, yeah it
3: looked like something out of a computer game didn't it
1: yeah oh, well. um never mind uh so bev gets a postcard this kind of romantic postcard with a little poem in and um she uh, doesn't... It's from Ben, but she thinks it's from uh, Bill. Mm. Bill and Ben, just all about that. Cloud put <laughs> 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 Didn't clock that. It's not uh, on purpose. That's an old British TV show, by the way, and I'm talking like <laughs> right from the 60s 50s
3: or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, 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 there's a little bit of backstory as well, isn't there, Beverly and uh, Bill, in that they yeah. had a kiss in a, like, school theater production oh really Mm. i don't remember that because then everyone's you know her thing as well is that everyone thinks that she's she's playing around with all the boys yeah but actually um it turns out that's her first and only kiss except with her dad um (laughs) so that's why i think she's and later on she reveals doesn't she she's got a hankering for the bill
1: yeah, there's that. It's kind of like love triangle going on. But I didn't realize you said about the play thing. Um, yeah, maybe I did, and I forgot it. But yeah, it's quite sweet, really. Mm. Um, so she's in the bathroom, which is kind of like her safe space from a fucking pervy dad. And um then she basically has this like moment at the sink. She hears voices and think or something. And then yeah. there's just like. She basically, the hair that she cut off is basically attacking her, which could be seen as like a metaphor for the fact that it was her hair, you know, the whole reason she cut it off, whether it was not to appear attractive, and now that's kind of coming back to get her, and with it is tons of blood. <laughs> um, and obviously that's a, a, a metaphor for, um, a symbol for the fact that she's going through a period and becoming a woman mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, and the room just gets covered in this blood. Um, And it's interesting that the... um, And this is kind of one of the things I was umming and ahhing about, the fact that the dad doesn't see it. And I was thinking, is it because it's a woman's thing? But obviously not, because the kids see it as well. So it's like, is it that the dad is ignoring it and he's just weird? Or is it that... um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The kids see it, but he doesn't. I never really... Um, came to the conclusion of why that is.
3: Yeah, I like that it's not explained. Um, Because, I mean, this is probably one of my favourite scenes in terms of, like, the kids and their fears. Like you said, it's directly linked to um, her anxiety around her period. Um, Specifically, that that suggests to the father that she might be sexually active, available. Mm. Um, So... What's the one thing she gets? Tons and tons and tons of blood. The fact that he can't see it, I think it does say something about his attitude. I think it's mm-hmm. it's not that like he, he can see it and he's not saying he can't. I mm-hmm. think it's making some kind of comment on his short-sightedness. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, it does seem to be that the adults in the town can't engage with what's going on. Yeah, is it that they can't engage with the lives of the kids? Um, we know it's yeah. We're never quite clear why, why. Is it the kids that have the relationship with Pennywise? Mm. Um, but there's more to find out.
1: Yeah, I mean maybe it's yeah, something like that. Literally, it's the fact that it's the fact he can't see. It's because he can't see that um, Beverly's becoming a woman. Yeah, it's as simple as simple as that. Um, so. Uh, Bill uh, looks at Georgie's, goes to Georgie's room because it's dripping water and he, um, finds, he finds a turtle, which is a kind of, in the book I won't go into this too much, but like the book gets fucking weird by the end of it how um, like God is a turtle, basically <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a few turtle references in this, um, but yeah, don't I won't go into that because that's a whole other spiel about it's basically Stephen King on drugs for most of the time. Um, and yeah, stuff like this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so he starts seeing Georgie kind of walking around and, uh, follows him to the basement where he's like smiling really creepily. You know, you'll float too. He starts screaming. Um, but yeah, Pennywise is using literally using him literally as a puppet. Um, and yeah, and then basically runs at um, runs at Bill and Bill legs up the stairs and that's it. But all these like little visual things, like the way that Pennywise ro- runs and the way that he almost catches him and he just like slinks, his eyes roll back and he slinks back into the water. Um, all these like visuals just mm. look fucking cool and like really creepy and weird. Yeah. And even though that scene is kind of there to reinforce the fact that, you know, Bill can't get over the loss of Georgie, Um, it's still, like, it's a good scare. It's still, we have already know that, we didn't have to see that, but it's just an extra scene to be like, look, Bill's going through this as well. He's, you know, having his own, like... um, Yeah. Killing two birds at one stone. Yeah. Um, And then this next bit's weird, (laughs) because... the kids come and they help Beverly because they can see the blood and they help clean it in this really weird, like upbeat montage. Yeah, <laughs> It's like the Rocky training video, right? Yeah. It's really strange. I like they're just like cleaning up this blood is so super great. Helping each other out before the dad gets back and rapes Beverly. Um Yeah. And it could be, it's a whole thing of like, they're working together. They're a team now, you know, they're, doing it for each other and all this oh. even though at the same time you're just thinking it's just Bill wants to stick his dick inside <laughs> her, basically <laughs> Bill thinks that he's being the hero when really it's just he's thinking with his dick that's kind of what I feel like
3: <laughs> it's kind of happening um, oh, he doesn't know what's happening he's, he he's, doesn't know what's happening down there <laughs> doesn't know what's going on
1: he's clearing up period blood all over the oh. <laughs> developing a pretty niche fetish yeah could get hated by that point. So, um, anyway, this is where they only have only now just start talking about what they've seen. Um, and they're like, oh, God. And then they go to help uh, Mike, who's um, he's basically being forced to eat the meat that he is, you know, what, granddad or whatever makes, or if he, wherever he works. Yeah. Um he's delivering the meat, something like that. And what I love is like Pennywise. <laughs> Anyways,' just kind of crouching, like waving a fucking, an, an arm, which I don't know, is it Georgie's arm or just a random arm? Um, and they're going like, hey, yeah, like blood down in his what? mouth, like, hey, can I help you out? Or something like that. Um, yeah, and I thought that scene was just so fucking weird because it's like, it's kind of played for laughs as well as being completely horrific at the same time, um, which makes it even that more disturbing. Like they could have gone with a really like, oh, he's just some eyes in the grass or something just leering on. But they haven't, they've just gone full out like he's there waving a fucking (laughs) arm around uh, like an idiot. And that's why, that's the stuff that I like about this film is that, um, you know, it tries not to do what you're expecting because every horror film these days follows the same tropes all the time. Like I saw, um, going off on another tangent, I saw Eli and Netflix film um, uh, last night, night before... And it was just so awful, but it again, it just hit the whole like jump scare, jump scare mm-hmm. here, and it's like you know exactly what's going to happen at each beat. But with something like that, and with it, you just don't really expect, <laughs> you don't really yeah. expect to see him sitting there like that, <laughs> waving a fucking
3: dismembered arm um, as if to say hello. I yeah. suppose that's like we were saying earlier. This film—they keep giving the audience kind of what they want. Um, it's nicely paced out. Mm. And it's like constantly delivering entertainment.
1: Yeah, and then they have the the rock war, which again is like a little kid moment. Even though I was literally there, thinking this is so dangerous—hit each <laughs> other, with, throw rocks at each other, they hit each other in the face. But we've already <laughs> established the,
3: the this guy's potentially willing to kill. Yeah, so I think it's justified. We've already escalated to this level of violence. True, but it's done as
1: like a kind of jokey kiddie thing. It's so not it. done like a, yeah, it's not done as like a full-on serious whatever. Um, and then yeah, the uh, isn't it Beverly that throws basically the the big rock that kind of gets them to fuck off basically at the end. Ah, so um, satisfying. Yeah, and you yeah, know Mike's kind of saved because he hasn't really had much to do by this point. It's more prominent in the second half. Yeah. But I think in the book, it's Mike that's actually doing all the research. Oh, you're right. So they talk about how the uh, kids are missing, and Ben says about how it happens every 27 years. And, um, yeah, and then we hear a bit more about Mike, talking about how his parents were trying to knock the door down to get to him, but it was too hot. Rich says that he's afraid of clowns. Um, And I was thinking, oh, maybe it's just like Richie's thing, the fact that Pennywise is a clown. Um, and you'll see like a shot of like someone on stage handing a balloon to the audience. Um, mm. Apparently that's Bill Skazgard. I don't know if that's true, but apparently that's him in another um, kind of clown setup. Um But it's quite interesting that like Pennywise is a clown and Rich's fear is clowns.
3: I know, I was like, oh, you're not going to do well out of this. Yeah. <laughs>
1: mm.
3: So they look at um,
1: maps and they realise that the sewers all kind of come together at this well house or whatever it's called um and then there's a cool scene where with the slides where they're looking at it and pennywise basically fucking attacks them It's this huge like thing that's kind of like with each slide shot it's kind of getting closer and all this stuff really fucking cool that bit i really loved that um this
3: was really scary actually it was good, good good jump scare but then the whole thing was really creepy and it set up a new precedent for what he's able to do yeah, like he's,
1: he doesn't care. They don't have to be alone now, basically. They can be all together and he'll still appear, which is one thing. And yeah, he's like invaded them in their own homes. So it's yeah. not, you know, it's great. Um, so they decide to go to the house. Um, and Bill makes his little speech about how he can't get over Georgie being dead, basically. Um, and this is quite cool. It's like a bit of like a haunted house. They go in and, um, they're able, uh, they all kind of go through their own little, um, like bit, like Eddie falls through the ceiling and hurts his arm. And, uh, yeah. What other bits are there? I can't remember. There's like the Room of Clowns, which has like the yeah. original Pennywise clown. And Richie sees like a poster with his like name missing. And he's scared that he's like, he's scared of death, literally. And he sees like a coffin with him in it and all this stuff. So, um, yeah oh, that's quite interesting, but it's quite cool. Well, there's a bit with the fridge, if you remember where he comes out of the fridge and this he's is amazing of twisted up, and that just looks really fucking
3: cool um the way he unfolds and unfolds is amazing, and it's kind of related I think, as well to the fact that um so he's just broken his arm, yeah, yeah, good point. never thought about it and that. he kind of like looks all like broken and disjointed, um. Yeah. It's kind of like he's saying, like, the same fears that afflict you are my problem, mate.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um, But Beverly's able to kind of... She gets like a poker or something and smacks him in the head and then he shrivels away down this well, uh, this creepy fucking well in the bottom of the house. Um, And, yeah, anyway, they come outside and we see that the sick Eddie's mum basically goes off with him and like, oh, you kids, stay away from him or whatever and all this. Then they have this fight between themselves. So again, there's this like the hero's journey kind of thing where, you know, everything's falling apart by this point in the movie. Um, and yeah, they're not, they hate each other now, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they have a montage of them and they're all kind of doing their own thing. And um, yeah, the bully um, kid is using a gun. He's about to shoot a cat and and which is horrible obviously making the audience hate him even more and then you find out that the dad is the police officer that we saw briefly at the beginning and um to basically Mm. show his son up in front of his friends he starts shooting his feet And it's a bit weird this scene because i was like he realizes his son is a dick but he's just like a real disciplinarian about him but he's also taking the piss out of being like he calls him like a boy or something like that you know like he's not really a man and all this stuff like look at me fucking pussy or something like that so really, putting him down and a bad dad thing, but at the same time, I'm like, "Well, he's a cop, and also his son is a
3: dick, so he does kind of <laughs> does kind of deserve it." It's uh, not, yeah. implying that his yeah his backstory is that he's also got an abusive upbringing. Um, yeah, so it's another example then of yeah shit parenting. Exactly,
1: shit adults generally. Um, and then there's that weird show on TV again. It seems like they're all watching this weird children's show. And uh, it's quite cool because it's so 80s and the way it's presented is so 80s. And the presenter is like, kill him, (laughs) kill your dad, whatever. (laughs) Then you see Pennywise there as well. And um, yeah, so he uh, kills his dad, basically. Um, And then we cut to Bev and Bev is about to uh, walk out and you see the dad sitting in the shadows being pervy. It's like, oh, I don't like you being with the boys all the time and he's all like sweaty and weird and there's actually a scene in the book if you remember that she has sex with each of the boys um oh, right, this isn't in the movie <laughs> thank god um because it's weird but um i think you know it th- seems like this is a little bit of a nod to it it's like you know you hanging around those boys um and the fact that she's supposed to be like this slut or whatever that they keep calling her um even though she's not at all, she's really nice and sweet,
3: and like just wants to have friends. Um, yeah, that happening in the book—that's really that really undermines the character that I know from this film. Yeah, it's a really weird. It's one of the things that stands out in my head with the book
1: because um, it's just strange. It's really strange. Mm. Um, but it's this thing of like, it's it's weird not to go into it too much, but. It's so, it's kind of like, it's like it's love or something like that. Like this way of like expressing how much she cares for all of them is by having sex with them. And the fact that I think it's like, I'll be the first for all of you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's done in such a way. Um, But it's still a little bit strange. And it would be strange if they actually put it in the movie. So anyway, the dad like knocks down the door um, and... Yeah, I can't remember um,
3: what happens here. Uh, he, does, he... He goes to force himself on her and she fights back.
1: Yeah, and then that's where... Is that when it turns up, Pennywise turns up and takes her? Yes. He I think it is that believe bit. so, yeah. Because it's cool because he's, like, really, like... Because they always play with the framing here because he's really tall. He's, like, he's like on the ceiling, basically, like, standing as if he's too tall for the room. Um so you have to like the way your eye line is, where yeah. your eye line's going, when you go over, you look up. So it's a jump scare without even it you even consciously realizing it because your gaze is having to shift up to match Pennywise's eye line, if that makes sense, which makes mm. it even more uncomfortable and weird and look strange because he's like in this he's too tall for the room.
3: Um Yeah, nice point.
1: Yeah. Um so yeah, and then you see there's a few scenes of like Eddie and his mum controlling him, and she just looks weird, and she's all being horrible and stuff. And um, yeah, so they go.
3: Um, they, Is this where you see his cast? As yeah, well? yeah, the lover, loser,
1: the, uh, loser thing, or whatever that gets signed.
3: I uh, like again, like nice little humorous touch there with him, and it's not you know explicitly referenced, but you just you just see he's changed it to lover yeah um this reminded me as well of like you know that bit in uh the uh sixth sense where mm-hmm. it's like revealed that the the mother's been like poisoning the the kid or something mm. um i mean she hasn't been poisoning him but well you don't know come, that well no you don't actually because they find out something uh, about a placebo they make a joke about the
1: placebo and she's like yeah. these are placebos. you know they don't do anything and then this, he says he says it wrong or something, and she's like, what? <laughs> um, but this
3: is where what you kind of suspected all along is confirmed that she, yeah, is kind of like smothering him. Yeah. Um, has been lying to him, and it's all quite, it's all about control, and it's all, yeah. Yeah, she's basically
1: been uh, mentally abusing him. Um, yeah. Without him even realising it.
3: Yeah, and this is where he realises it, and it's... uh is this like what like the third scene in a row now of the kids turning on the adults? Yeah, good point. Yeah. It is
1: Yeah. So they they find out that Bev has basically been taken um by Pennywise, and so they go to the house to go um to go down the sewer. They're all like, you know, working together now. Um Bev uh, wakes up, I think, in the in the sewer bit and she sees this mountain of belongings, basically, of stuff and there's bodies are floating. It's quite a cool, quite a cool shot. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, there's this cool bit where she sees Pennywise dancing. He makes this little intro for himself, and it's this cool shot where he's doing this dance, but the camera's staying with his head as it goes up and down. Um, oh, yeah. So it just looks fucking weird. Uh. But yeah, she's like, I'm not afraid of you. She's all like, you know, she's strong. She's facing up against her fears and her demons. And so he's like, oh, really? look at this and he opens his, <laughs> <laughs> opens his mouth and basically there's a torch in there there's three little um three little sperms that are <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that have light bulbs in them and then anyway her eyes like glaze over and she floats up and um yeah so as they're trying to like get down uh the the well at the bottom um this is where the bully uh turns up and yeah knocks mike out um and they have a little uh little fight, and the bully gets knocked down a well. Ah, see ya. And Mike another not a satisfying moment. Yeah. Um, but you don't know what's happened to him. And uh at that point anyway. And um, That's true. Mike loses his like gun thing. Um and meanwhile, uh is it Stan? Um, Stanley. Is Stanley, the um Jewish kid, is uh <laughs> Kind of wandering off on his own, and he sees the fucking painting thing. And when they come across, when they come across him, <laughs> he's getting his fucking face. He's just paralyzed, if you're on the floor, and he's just getting his face fucking like almost about to get bitten off by this by this painting. And anyway, the kids... nightmarish, yeah, it's horrible. It's such a, and I remember like when I saw that, I was just like, oh my god, that is the fucking worst worst thing. And he's just got these bite marks around his face. Um, oh yeah it's really creepy and he's like you left me you left me you're not my friends So obviously his
3: like his mind is now broken um to a degree (laughs) these kids i mean they're dealing with this very well like everything they're being confronted with in this scene
1: (laughs) imagine that imagine seeing that fucking
3: (laughs) hell so everything's like building up here and
1: what's great is he does this like the face kind of goes behind a wall and then pennywise comes back like yeah (laughs) and goes back (laughs) Completely unnecessary, but it's um, the way it's done. It just, uh, I don't know, it just made me laugh a little bit. Like it was me, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, they they keep running along and they find Beverly and she's floating. And um, Bill is seeing Georgie and having his own like drama going on. So they pull Beverly down and Ben kisses her to wake her up, which works in this weird fairy tale
3: (laughs) bit which which is really strange i liked that like you say it's straight out of a fairy tale um i don't know i mean i suppose what else could they have done at this point but it makes sense doesn't it yeah and it's nice for ben because you're
1: kind of rooting for ben um way. not that you're not rooting for bill but it's like you know when um they start talking about the postcard and bill's just like "Uh, what are you talking about and ben's like you know, it was me. But he's not saying anything, um, and he realises that like Bill is, like, you know, getting a the clip attention. Sin. Yeah,
3: it's basically in a cop blocker, dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, um Yeah. Just a thought on that that little episode with, with Bill and Georgie here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I said that scene at the beginning of the film. It's so horrible and that sort of like distressing. Um, but here, it's to me, it's it's more. Didn't get my back up in the same way because it's like Pennywise emotionally manipulating Bill, yeah, rather than the director of the movie emotionally manipulating the audience. Mm. But it, it was it was just as sad, uh, upsetting, horrifying. It was it was it was a nasty little scene again. a kind of really horrible scene, you know a little boy like that.
1: Yeah, being all but, um, fucked up.
3: It, yeah. But, but yeah, you know, it worked, here. Uh.
1: I found it weird that Pennywise gave him this cathartic emotional release, if <laughs> you know what I mean, for him to have this little moment. Um, but, yeah, he basically, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they fight Pennywise here. Like, Bill kind of is a bit like, it's not you, you're dead, I realise that, I have to go for it. Um, he doesn't fall for it as such, even though Georgie's, like, really trying to push all the cute buttons or Pennywise's, Um so they fight him and he basically becomes their fears. Um, and, the, you know, they really, they really hurt him here. Um, they say, they keep saying, you know, they aren't afraid and they're starting to like beat him up a bit. Um, but it's a bit of back and forth. So you think he's getting fucked up and then like he comes back a bit stronger. Um, but yeah, they realise that's why Bev couldn't be hurt because he, uh, she wasn't scared. And... There's this cool bit where he's, like, got the gun and he's shooting it and it's like, oh, it's not loaded and all these bits. So he's kind of toying with them, but, um, yeah, they do start actually being able to beat him up. But he basically uh, falls back down this well as his head, like, cracks and floats up a little bit and it looks quite cool. Yeah. Image.
3: yeah. They're always difficult to pull off, I think, these kind of scenes because... You know everything's built to this moment, and we're not clear as an audience like the nature of what this creature is or its powers, yeah um, so you've got like a physical altercation, but then it's actually very metaphysical um there's no real like groundwork or or rules applied, so it can be a bit hard to stomach um do you know what I mean like yeah. well especially you know, compared like, what's going on the,
1: yeah, when you see the second film as well you're a bit like, why didn't he do this in the first film? Okay, yeah. Like, why is he letting himself essentially get beaten up by a bunch of kids? Um, and that's kind of one of the things with the with both films that I kind of jump to and from, and I'm just like, how powerful is he? Like, why is this a problem for him? These kids are just basically... It's like, you know, if you get set on by like four 10-year-old kids or whatever, four 13-year-old kids,
3: yeah,
1: and you've got all this <laughs> power, like... I don't understand why you're finding it
3: such a problem, but I know it's not the point, it's a movie, but... Well, I I mean, that makes sense, because that's where there's a little tiny logic gap, I think.
1: Yeah, but it's Um, also the element of, like... And this comes in more so in the second film, without giving anything away, but the whole thing of being like, you know, we're not scared, we're not scared of you, like, makes makes him weaker, I guess, um, and more able to be defeated. So, because he's a metaphor anyway, he's one big metaphor, so yeah but it's just the way that as you but, said it's
3: this physical altercation um that's it yeah it's like like you say he's defeated by them overcoming their fears but actually it's he's weakened and then they batter the shit out of him yeah and push him down a well yeah <laughs> that's kind of what does him in in the end
1: yeah
3: the good know, uh, another, swift another kick well. to the hacky sack yeah see ya
1: um and I can't remember what he says here, what his final line is, but it's like something weird. Um, I'll be back.
3: I'll be back. <laughs> and then he does the thumbs up as he's going down the well. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be so good. Um, <laughs> deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, I would
1: love that. Uh, so then it kind of cuts like normal time. And uh, Bev says how she had a vision of when they were all um, older and they were back here again, that they were scared. And so they swear if it ever comes back, that they will come back too. And they do a blood oath by cutting their hand
3: and holding hands and, you know, and that's it. This might have worked in the 1960s, but in the 1980s at the height of the uh, AIDS scare... (laughs) I, 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 honestly, I was wincing. Yeah. It's also like, it's even that bit, it's quite graphic.
1: They're cutting their hands. Yeah, just, just shake on it, guys. Exactly. Just, you know, spit, spit in the hand, if anything. Um, and that's it. And that's the end of It Chapter One. So, um. Oh, they have a little, um. Oh, there's they're a, they're smooch, a little kiss. Yeah, I think Bill, that's will, nice. Bill. and Beverly have a little kiss, actually. Yeah. You're right. and ben, like, looks on. And he's just like. All wistful. Yeah, you know, he's like twiddling with his little dick. Um, <laughs> it's a nice moment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's a good payoff for Bill because, um, like I said, I think he's like he's the main character in his story. Yeah, he's the main driver of the narrative, and um, like he's shown a lot of heroic traits. Mm-hmm. and he kind of gets a little little payoff.
1: Yeah, he's kind of he's had that journey now. He's kind of got over Georgie's death in his head anyway, and, you know, he's got the girl, and that kind of works out. And that's kind of why in the second film, again, I won't give anything away, it's like, well, you, you know, it basically that's, again, about him dealing with Georgie and all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, we kind of already dealt with this. <laughs> like, hmm. are we still talking about this? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, but, yeah, overall... um I thought this was a fucking great film. I really loved it. It's the best horror film I've seen, um, best modern horror film, one of the best modern, start again, it's one of the best <laughs> modern
3: horror films that I've seen, basically. Yeah, likewise, I thought it was great. And I think, like we said, it kind of really delivers a lot of um, like, like action and scares mm. like, throughout the whole film um a nice like level of creepiness
1: yeah definitely and you know i still think that element of like having a monster because it is kind of a monster movie but having something that's one big metaphor for each different character and each of them having to overcome the monster by dealing with their own fear is something that is really fucking cool and Mm -hmm. um you know and i think kind of resonates uh you know, in in terms of inspiring um, stuff that, you know, I do or write about. I just like the idea that, um, you know, it's more like being scared of fear itself rather than the actual fear and how, like, uh, the whole thing of horror as a genre being more about a personal journey. Like, the monsters are always obstacles representing something else rather than, you know, the big bad man or whatever. Um yeah and it just shows that it works horror works and it can work on a very deeper level than most people usually give it credit for. Indeed, any weaknesses in this film? I think it's quite long to be honest. Um like it did it never felt boring, but I think going to the house twice felt weird and I know it still worked But I was like, there's something that could have been done here, maybe. Mm. Um, Also, uh, I know each one of them has their own separate thing. But, um, yeah, some of them I was like, it could be tightened up a little bit here and there. Just If it had been more like the two-hour mark rather than the three-hour mark, whatever it is, two hour 45, um, then, yeah, but there's nothing I can really say like, oh, this scene should have been cut. You could have cut out here it would be like, well, maybe everything could just could have been trimmed a little bit here and there. Um, but generally speaking, I don't. I didn't really see any weakness with it. I really liked all aspects of it. I thought the acting was great, the story was great, the beats were great. It, yeah, as you said, it never um, felt boring. Uh, shot brilliantly. Um, sound was great, like everything. The fact that the adults are just not there. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that it's like a Goonies Spielberg thing, but in the in a messed up horror way, was great. I think some of the CGI, a lot of the CGI was really fucking good. But like as you said, the zombie guy, I was like, yeah, it could have been a bit more practical. And sometimes, like when he's coming out of the when it's the slideshow bit, even though that bit was cool, I was like, he does look a bit too cartoony. Um, yeah, it still works, but um, and I know they did use a lot of practical stuff when they when they could. Um and yeah, there could have been. I don't know. I think that's it, really. Like, I don't think there was anything I would think to improve or anything that felt short for me. Fell short.
3: No, like I mean, likewise, uh, I agree with some of those like as minor nitpicks, but um, really, overall, it delivered on all fronts. One thing I think would have been interesting. There is a bit in the middle where you are kind of yeah getting a bit of that backstory on uh, Pennywise yeah and naturally I think your mind goes to because you know that's that's how our brains work Is you, you kind of want to try and make some logic of it and get yeah, some answers that's true um and I think I think to provide solid answers as to like what he is or who he is would have been a mistake um but I did have that hankering for I'd like a little bit more backstory now yeah and maybe I I read that there was a scene drafted um by Stephen King a new scene um, which kind of looked into a little bit of Pennywise in, I don't know, like 1800 or something in the town. Yeah, I think they shot it. Oh, did they? I I, I'd I, really I, like to see that. Yeah,
1: I think some missing, uh, missing. sorry, deleted scene. I've actually got um, the film on Blu-ray and I haven't watched any of the deleted scenes. Um, <laughs> but I know there's a bit like, there's certain bits that, um, uh, such as Bill and his parents, and his parents basically ignoring him and all this stuff, which sets up that family dynamic a bit more about why um, yeah, his home life isn't great and his parents are like dicks. And yeah, I believe there was like one, uh, maybe it was not filmed, but it was written um, about him basically stalking a, a young woman and eating a baby or something like that. Um, mm. But yeah, uh, and there's a few deleted scenes, but when you like look over them, um it's you can tell why they were cut and they've said that um the director said that there's a it chapter 1 and chapter 2 he's he might make it into like one film but do it as a different cut so he might add some new stuff okay um and make it its own thing which i think would be quite interesting and maybe scenes like that might be brought brought back
3: um because yeah, he, he wants to treat it like
1: fresh almost
3: that's cool. I mean, like, why not do that? It's um, a perfect opportunity when you've got like an episodic film like this. You know, the format is there. Why not do it? Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so, yeah, so I thought just go over a few little, little tidbits. So, so, yeah, the film grossed over $700 million worldwide on a budget of $35 million. So, that is a fair chunk of profit. Wow. <laughs> going on there. Um, Dan, who would you have liked to have seen? As Pennywise, do you think? Who who would have made a good Pennywise, in your opinion?
3: Wow. Um, God, Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> he that, was so good as work. the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I like that they kind of use someone who's not too recognisable. I think that would have been a mistake to cast someone famous. Yeah. Or too famous, like with a mainstream audience.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Well the original person that was going to be Pennywise right until the last minute really was Will Porter, the British actor. I don't know if you know who uh, he is. No, he was in, like, uh, he, he was in Midsommar recently. I always think of him as the guy from Son of
3: Rambo. Um, Midsommar Murders. Oh, yeah, imagine. <laughs> John Nettles. <laughs> it's John Nettles. Though, <laughs>
1: uh, uh, funny enough, Midsummer is about murder. <laughs> so there are some Midsummer murders. Um, no, uh, it, you'll you'll know if you maybe um, Google him. He's been in other okay. stuff. He's been he was in Detroit. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's all right, but I think he would have made a pretty good clown, to be honest, because um, he's got a bit of a weird face, a bit like Bill Skarsgård, anyway. Um, Hugo Weaving was another option. He was Agent Smith and Elrond um, uh, or whatever um, in Lord of the Rings. Oh, right, yeah. I can't picture him. Uh, Richard Armitage, who um, I think is a, uh, the Hobbit in the Hobbit series. Um, again,
3: he's a British guy. Oh, in, these sound like terrible. Don't you, he why the why you have the Hobbit? You can't have the Hobbit play a clown.
1: Well, I, he's,
3: mean, I mean, you know, he's not
1: an actual Hobbit. No. Um, oh. And weirdly, randomly, apparently Tilda Swinton
3: was in the movie. Ah. a woman. Hmm. That could have been quite good because she, uh, mm, I can see that. I can see that working. She's got the frame and the kind of like movements. She's got like big eyes as
1: well. Yeah. I think she could have done something weird, but. She was
3: good in, um, did you see uh, Suspiria? Doctor Strange, yeah. No, I didn't
1: see Suspiria actually, the remake. You know what? I've never actually um, seen the original Suspiria beginning to end without falling asleep. So I've seen it I've seen it all
3: um but not in one sitting if that makes sense. Well that's awful because that film is all about building 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 that uneasy feeling in you.
1: Mm, I've heard that. that's
3: like that's like saying I've listened to pet sounds in two chunks. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably also true. Yeah. <laughs> Right, you need to come round. I'm going to make you listen to pet sounds. <laughs> we're going to watch Suspiria. That's like one of my top all-time favourite films. Just imagine um,
1: me sitting there and you just staring at me whilst I'm
3: listening to it. <laughs> just making yeah. sure I don't sleep. I, I'm going to stand here with my hands on my hips and oh, make God. sure you blooming well listen to all this album. Thank God you said hips. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, um, I think she was good was, in the sorry,
3: re- remake, though was my point oh, okay she was good in the remake and she she played a couple of roles in that kind of to the point where you don't really realize that it's her mm. um so i can imagine her bringing that because uh, one of those roles is uh, a male a male man she plays a male man mm. man with a cock well
1: um so I haven't seen one of those she's got so the chops right. <laughs> <laughs> you know she has uh two husbands do you know that uh, she's no. in a, she's in a polyamorous um, situation. I believe that's what it's called. Got Can up mar- How does that... Well, she's married to them both. Oh, whatever. Married with them, I don't know. She's, she's life, life partners or of some sort. Interesting. Yeah. Well, two boyfriends then. Let's just say that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so hmm. uh, people have said lots of things. Um, but I was reading that I think... I can't remember if it's a passage in the book... Or if Stephen King just said this or whatever, but let's say the first film is kids coming to terms with their mortality, and the second one is adults coming to terms with death. If you think of it in, in the book it kind of splits between narratives, but if you think of it like that, um, yeah. it kind of makes sense. And yeah, how you know children think they're immortal when actually they're not.
3: That makes sense because that's how the, uh, the the you know the old TV version was structured as well yeah so why a clown
1: i guess it's the mix of uh positive and negative <laughs> like as in clowns are supposed to be upbeat and happy and you know it's a mask and it's you know the appearance of happiness um and appearances are deceiving um so you know even though obviously clown, clowns are natively creepy in their own way Um, there's also that kind of lesson to be learned in terms of, you know, being a kid that, you know, you can't just trust what's on the outside, I
3: guess. Yeah, I think, you know, it's actually a bit of a trope. Um, So, you know, Stephen King wasn't the first person to write a scary clown. Uh, They're just creepy for all those reasons that you've just mentioned and more.
1: Yeah. Um, And I was also wondering, this is just me kind of,
3: you know, spouting bullshit, but
1: is it like, because the town, Derry, in this film, um, it's very kind of bright, colourful, clean, doesn't seem to be many people there, but it feels, you know, quite warm. And I'm thinking, is it like this kind of, when you look back at your hometown, is it that nostalgic um, element to it where everything is just like brighter and nicer and it represents almost like the real world, like, leaking through, because they all have, like, difficult childhoods, and, um, you know, the only one who doesn't have his own, uh, like, scene and dealing with it is the, you know, funny guy, is Richie. Um, and, you know, maybe he's got a fear of just not being funny, and maybe that's why it's a it's a clown. Maybe it's all in Richie's head. Um, maybe he's, you know, that's his true fear, is that he won't be deemed funny like when he sees when he goes into the house he sees a dummy of himself for instance um in a room full of clowns um so i don't know i was kind of messing around with that i didn't really have
3: a clear theory or anything of it but um there's definitely a like i like that point like the town definitely feels like idealized and i think that's part of the appeal of using this hazy 80s nostalgia as well Mm. kind of reminds me a little bit of like um some of the twilight zone episodes that deal with rose tinted glasses and going back to these idealized towns yeah um and then you know they never they never it never pays off does it for the characters involved you can't you can't go back one one thing that (laughs) occurred to me like for us only the most fleeting of split seconds and then i dismissed it while i was watching it it was like because it is weird that like richie's got this his fear is the clown mm. it makes like it makes him feel like a more central figure yeah and that maybe he's generated the clown somehow yeah like he's he's maybe really directly linked to yeah the conjuring or genesis of this creature mm. is he in on it mm. yeah it's interesting i mean all this
1: stuff gets thrown out the window in the second chapter cuz it's never really dealt with and the town mm. is exactly the same but, um, uh, but yeah, like before I saw it, all these kind of things were floating around my head. I thought that was quite interesting, but then I was like, am I just reading what way too much into it? The answer is probably yes. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to go into, uh, like a new segment, which I've just ripped off other of podcasts. Um, we're just going to go through what other people thought of it online. And this is on, uh, IMDb. And uh, I'm just going to give you some reviews of uh, what people have said about it. Chapter one, Dan, tell me what you think. Okay. So this is by Bian Kalk 14. Gave it one star. Wow, I honestly can't believe these reviews. I made an IMDb account just to write a review. I love the original and have seen it many times. This movie was horrible. I feel insulted by the directors. He thinks there's more than one. It wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't scary at all. Any potential scary scene was downplayed by jokes so forcefully inserted into the script. There are multiple major holes in the storyline as well, and he's going to list them off here. So I kind of—I was thinking I'll—I'll t- I'll tell you what the holes were, and you'd see if you could fill them in. Hole one: okay. the group of bullies never once said anything about their buddy missing. It's not really um, a plot hole, is it? It's not a plot hole. No, <laughs> it's just more of an observation. Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean, you assume, don't you, that there are, there might be things going on in the background that we we don't have to see every single detail. We, we don't, you know, for example, we don't see um, certain characters defecating. But We can assume that over the course of the movie, they all probably, you know, produce the stool. whilst Pennywise was, was there, freaking yeah. them um, out.
1: That's it. That's his first example. Hole, okay. hole two. I love the fact it says hole two. <laughs> Old oh one, old oh two. <laughs> which is which? Um, the girl is pulled down from floating and brought back to life. Doesn't she never died, by the way? Doesn't that mean that the hundreds of kids that come down from floating at the end come back to life too? Or do their rotting corpses fill up the sewers <laughs> for 27 years? Does Georgie come back to life too? Oh, Dan, no. Dan, Dan, care to answer that?
3: I I hate this when you know. We, I mean, I spoke a little bit then a minute ago about them trying to kill the clown and all this, and how I mean, it's difficult when you want to get logical answers to things. But I hate when people apply this kind of level of logic. Um, we don't know what's going on, you know. It's it's a movie where there's a entity that's a killer clown, <laughs> and, and you can't you can't apply that kind of um, pedantic logic. So. He's just, you know, interpret it how he would like to and draw his own conclusions. It's a major plot hole. <laughs> hole three, my favourite of the holes.
1: The girl... <laughs> the girl can't decide which boy she loves. By the way, she can. <laughs> she clearly... She, I'm going to answer this really. She clearly doesn't like the fat kid that way. It's made more than obvious. Um, and anyway, he goes on she took the poem from the pudgy kid's room I have to assume because she randomly ends up with it in her bedroom but then she thinks that Bill wrote the poem somehow the pudgy kid kisses her bringing her back to life true love brings back the dead girl like princess and the frog or something but she winds up with Bill
3: that, that the whole. that's
1: the plot hole <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> the girl, like the, his plot hole is the girl can't decide which boy she loves that's not a plot that's not a plot hole, mate. That's that's part of the <laughs> that's, that's part of that's, growing up, my friend. That's the story. Yeah. That's the kind <laughs> of the point is the fact that there's this weird love triangle, but she's clearly more in love with Bill than she is with the fucking ben. A ben. Also she doesn't steal the poem from the room. He writes it on a card and sends it to her. Yeah, that's what I thought. So this guy's not he's not going to sound straight. Um, he he finishes with every cheesy horror jump. Uh, sorry, every cheesy horror film jump scene was witnessed in this film. The acting was good, but I can't see how this is touted as a horror film. I felt like I was watching a Disney movie by the end of it. Oh
3: God! Um, <laughs> <laughs> what Disney films has he seen? Well, does this guy want a fucking pat on the back? Well done, mate. You've seen some really scary films and. This was nowhere near the horrors that you were able to absorb. Certainly. <laughs> so, oh uh, no, just doing the jump scares.
1: Um, this one is by uh, Marcel's Gallant 11. Good uh, name. It's short and sweet review, It, below Mare. To summarise my upcoming review, I'll start by saying, and this is in, in quotes, I really did not like this movie. So he's quoted himself. Um, <laughs> the movie It is, in simple terms about the struggles and fear youth face when they being to come of age. I'm just yeah. I'm pronoun- I'm pronouncing this how he's written this. In my eyes, this movie's success came solely from good marketing because the movie's true foundation is filled with poor acting, shoddy scripts, and he spelled that S-C-R-I-P-S, not to get yeah pedantic about spelling, but that's how it is, and really unthoughtful horror, such a great term. Really unthoughtful horror. I'll give your uh, horror some thought. Yeah. It's like they've put no thought into
3: <laughs> this horror. <laughs> well, unthought, like it's turned up to a dinner party and forgot to bring a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there such a word as unthoughtful as well? <laughs> um. Yeah. Not in this context, at least, that's for sure. That's true. Um I don't know
1: what to say about all that. To me, the movie It is only a three out of ten star movie, making it strong below Mare. Like always, the only way to find out the quality of a movie is to go out and see it for yourself. Enjoy, if you can, lol, one out of ten. <laughs> so he's just said so, to him, it's only a three out of ten star movie, and Yeah, and he's gone on to give it a one.
3: Well, did he say... Sorry, I thought you said he'd get, he said it was a three-star movie. That's Not the, necessarily three out of ten. So presumably he's got his own rating system and he's then converting it for <laughs> for the IMDb star system. It's, you know, I see what you're saying there. There's a conversion rate on his stars to IMDb stars. Yeah, cause so he's given it three, presumably out of 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I mean, innovative. Um, wrong, unfortunately, <laughs> just wrong. But I mean, hats off to him for having his own star system. I don't think anyone else is rating things out of thirty. No, um, it
1: makes it sound like he's like God. I'm going to get my own star system, <laughs> <laughs> Milky 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 Way. Uh, I'm going to call it. Um, this is by Scott Balf. He said, after watching this last night, they should never have made the remake for this and no idea who is reviewing this over at eight as they must be blind. (laughs) Terrible, 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 terrible film. Thought it was a comedy more than a horror. Did not enjoy it at all. Pennywise was a donut in it. Should have been more killing in it. Absolutely boiling. (laughs) Pennywise was a donut in it. (laughs) One out of ten. But uh, here's, here's some people who gave it more favourable reviews. Take the boat, Georgie, this one's called, by Rammer Screen 5. The brand new It movie scared the heck out of me, and I don't throw that around loosely, because just when you thought that Annabelle creation may <laughs> have set the bar for this year, bam. <laughs> it comes along and smashes that bar into pieces. Wow, this is one incredible horror film. Everybody involved should get a congratulatory pat on the back. Definitely a huge upgrade from the 90s miniseries. This is best Stephen King adaptation yet. The fact um, that he his bar was Annabelle creation,
3: <laughs> which is
1: fucking dreadful.
3: <laughs> ten out of ten. Um, completely hollow words managed to say nothing in a hundred words. It sounds <laughs> okay, good as well. Don't listen to negative reviews.
1: Ferlix six eight seven three six one four. Everyone's a critic these days. This is a fun and faithful adaptation of Stephen King's book It. I can't understand why people are complaining and saying save your money. Please do not listen to these reviews. Make up your own mind. The Leaper was not CGI, it was practical effects. They used CGI for Pennywise because there is no way some of those effects could be done practically. Pennywise actor Bill Skazgard could roll his eyes and move them without CGI, as stated in interviews. His eye colour changed from yellow to blue to lure. Georgie in (laughs) L-E-W-E-R I will also add that the story works even with the minor changes please people don't be a sheep in the herd H-E-A-R-D and follow the negative Nancys in the world this film is fun and the story is told well sure the scares aren't that scary but the psychological atmosphere in the story is it's a 10 out of 10 for me some cogent points I suppose (laughs) Yeah. And then last one, in a haystack. Yeah. Last one is by Samuel, Samuel Wynn. And the title of it is just nice. <laughs> Was good. Very good, actually. <laughs> Probably one of the few people to be unsurprised by that. Very surprised to see the rating on IMDb to head downwards so fast. Shame, really. Hope it goes back up to um, 8.4 like Friday. But also hoping it doesn't go to seven point nine, like Train Spotting Two, would be a shame. <laughs> um. Oh my god, he's got very, wow. very in depth there with the <laughs> with the with average rating,
3: yeah. Do you think he keeps a tracker? Because how else? I mean, is he keeping tabs on all the films? Do you think he gets up every morning? And like there's, I don't know, maybe like fifty films that he's tracking. And he's got a spreadsheet. And every day he's like, that's the score it's got. And the next day, and then he's like generating a little graph. Could be. People okay, how many, how many likes do we need to get to get that back up to the 8.4?
1: <laughs> Come on, let's hope it doesn't go like train spotting. Two Jesus. <laughs> Come on, guys. Get it together. Uh, so that was um, yeah. You gave that a ten out of ten, as you could probably imagine. So th- good. So that was it, chapter one. Which you know, it yeah. It Any final thoughts on
3: it? Um, only that I am looking forward to it too. Hey, got a little secret for you.
1: Yeah. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh it doesn't, well, doesn't scratch that itch that you might be having. <sighs>
3: Sorry. Uh, that was the case with the um, the original, original, the uh, TV, TV series. Not the original, of course, because this is the original in a way, because it's the first actual movie adaptation of the film. Yeah, certainly. This is the first theatrical uh, release. The original. Um so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can kind of blame the source material maybe. I haven't read the novel, but presumably it takes a bit of a nosedive in the second half. Well, it's not... It's not Both
1: timelines happen at the same time in the book. So, yeah, ah. it's not split like that. But no, Right, I suppose then just the adult story is less compelling. Well, for one thing, it's like you've taken... The whole edge is that they're kids, how are they supposed to get up against this monster, and then you're like, oh, they're adults, and... It's the same thing and there's a little bit less danger you feel like to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That in a nutshell is by itself a problem. Um, but I won't go too much into that because let's save that for a future episode. Yeah. Um, so
3: Dan, where can people find you? Um, I'm operating under the uh, Dreadful Discs name. If you're interested in some music discussion. You can find me on Instagram and on YouTube talking about some classic albums, yeah, what was the last one that you just did? Oh, I did a little discussion on the Beatles Abbey Road, uh seeing as how it's um riding high at the top of the u k charts at the moment fiftieth anniversary, Limey. so I pulled out my nineteen sixty nine copy.
1: It was the summer of sixty nine at Dan's house <laughs> this week <laughs> um lovely 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 well uh for any new winter fans you can obviously uh, as i said support us on patreon patreon.com slash new winter the episode of tron is up if you want to ever listen to that um and uh yeah you can follow us at uh, instagram and twitter on at a new winter or email us at new winter podcast at gmail.com did you like it did you fancy it did you want a bit of it do you want more of it please send your <laughs> answers in because i want to know i want to
3: know how you feel about it have you seen or it did you think <laughs> did you think it was a steaming pile of it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly you bastards um no thanks very much for listening and uh, yeah we'll see you on the next one whenever that may be goodbye
3: cheerio
2: yeah i saw him too What happens when another Georgie goes missing? Or one of us? Are you just going to pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? If we stick together... We'll win.